Today's sermon was adapted by Pastor Richard Swedes based on our gospel reading of Luke 24, verses 13 to 35. Let us pray. O Christ, we sometimes find ourselves adrift, not knowing where we are going or why. Our hearts and eyes are cast down. All we see is the road. Our thoughts are churned in turmoil and we despair all day long. Jesus, lift our heads to see you, for you are always with us, even to the end of the age. Open our hearts today to hear and receive this message of hope amid despair and joy amid heartache. Holy Spirit, fill us and give us life so that others may meet you in us on this road as well. Amen. At times, life can be challenging. We have hopes and dreams that not only don't eventuate as we expect, but at times these hopes and dreams can be shattered. We can be left wondering, is there any hope? And what about God? Is it worth trusting God if life is a mess? One of the blessings of reading the Bible daily is that you get a good dose of reality, that living in a broken world is part of life. Other than encouraging the people of God to be faithfully obedient to the guidance of the Holy Spirit, the scripture never gives instructions on how to avoid catastrophes. Instead of telling us how to escape tragedies and tribulations, The scripture gives us instructions on living through such events. The goal is to emerge on the other side of such happenings with a faith that has been tempered and strengthened rather than weakened and riddled with doubts. Reading today's gospel text about the disciples on their walk to Emmaus, we witness and learn valuable survival techniques and how to see Jesus even amongst the challenges and difficulties in our lives. One of the most tragic verses in the Bible is Luke chapter 24, 21. On Sunday afternoon, two disciples walking to Emmaus talk to a stranger who they later discover to be Jesus. And they say, but we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. The hope of the disciples is past tense. They had lived in hope, but no longer. Their hope had fled as they had with the crucifixion of Christ. Confusion, hopelessness, fear and despair have replaced the hope they once had. Many people can identify with these two disciples and Faye and Kevin can certainly identify with the disciples as well. Several years ago, life was going well. They had hopes and dreams for a promising future as they headed to the later years of their ministry life. Then out of the blue... Faye was diagnosed with cancer. They felt let down, shattered, and their hope began to disperse. But fortunately, people gathered around them, prayed with them, and were there for them. As Faye received cancer treatment, their hope in God grew, and they even witnessed God's love and grace to other people living with cancer and those caring for them. Has anything like this happened to you? 
Maybe you've endured or are enduring a broken relationship. Maybe you have faced the uncertainty and strain of losing employment. Or perhaps you've dealt with or are dealing with a dream that hasn't been realised. Or maybe you've suffered or are suffering from a severe health issue. Or perhaps it's something else, some other life-shattering event that robs you of your hope and even attacks your faith. There are actions that we can take that help with us to journey through the tumultuous and confusing times that we will encounter. One of the first things we notice is that the two disciples are together. It is vital for us to understand that we do not need to go through hard times alone. And we should not go through hard times alone. It's called bearing one another's burdens. The word translated as discussing in verse 15, sudzateo, doesn't mean they were casually passing the time of day. Instead, the word indicates they were reasoning and wrestling with the problems confronting them. They were attempting to help each other to understand what had happened and was happening in their lives. The disciples did not fall into the temptation of trying to tough it out and go it alone. Another thing that the two disciples did was to search the scripture. In verse 27, Luke records, Then beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, he, that is Jesus, interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. Through their searching of scripture, the disciples began to understand what was happening. It didn't help them to escape, but it did help them to see what God was doing in their lives. Finally, the disciples continued to worship. The actions of Jesus as he ate with the disciples mirror the actions and words of Holy Communion. In this celebration of Holy Communion, Jesus revealed himself to the disciples and they were able to see him, the resurrected Christ. Worship enables us to turn our attention from ourselves, our problems and struggles, and focus on God to praise him and see how he is at work, no matter how bad life is. Everything changed for these two disciples when they were able to see Jesus. How they saw and approached life transformed. Jesus had been raised from the dead since the morning. Jesus had also been walking with the disciples for some time, but they could not perceive him. Once the disciples saw Jesus, as Luke records, their eyes were open. Now, from an outsider's point of view, things did not magically change for the disciples. They still had many trials to face. They would still encounter challenges, even persecution. However, once they saw Jesus, the confusion cleared, and they could take the next steps of faith and discipleship. Hope was no longer dependent on what was happening around them, but on what God was doing and promising, all because they recognised Jesus. So let me tell, me tell a little of my own story of recognising Jesus. I didn't know Jesus when I converted. I was raised away from religion and had been an atheist for around 40 years, even before I knew what an atheist was. Of course, I eventually learned the basics, that Jesus, the Son of God, was crucified for our sins. Everyone has heard that. But it meant nothing to me. I didn't realise that God was leading me, keeping me, and shepherding me toward a time and place where I would encounter him and know him. Four years ago, I came to Christ. Suffering under the burden of sin, I prayed that if he is truly 
whom people say he is, and by that I mean Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the Savior of the world, and if he could take that burden away, then I would give my life to him. But I didn't know Christ. I was reaching out in desperation, seeking hope. The first time I recognized Christ came about a week later, and it happened while reading his word. It was the crucifixion, the cross of Calvary. The sudden understanding of what was happening and why broke my heart. I cried for the shame of my sin. And that night I spoke about the moment with my wife, Elizabeth, and she told me to read Psalm 22. So I searched the scriptures. I read Psalm 22 in parallel with the gospel accounts, and I recognized Christ for the second time there. Despite these transformative experiences, I still had not encountered Christ myself. Christ was still distant, or at least it seemed so to me. No one had told me how to meet him. Cast yourself at the foot of the cross, yes, but then what? Well, then God brought us here to St. Paul's. We studied with pastor, learned from the catechisms, and read the scripture, and one day Christ revealed himself to me in the bread and wine. At that moment, Jesus stood before me, And like Thomas, I wanted to cry out, my Lord and my God, to wrap myself in him. And then the moment receded. I had communed with Christ for the first time. He had revealed himself in the word and the sacrament. And for now, it was over. I say receded and not vanished because that experience and revelation of Christ has stayed with me ever since. Recognizing Jesus comes from engaging with God in his word through his community, like here at St. Paul's, and through worship. It helps us see there is a future to look forward to, and that God is at work even amongst our challenges and messes. Amen.